Welcome to KC Corner episode 141. We got a live studio audience here. We do. Yeah, a couple of Mark K9s are here. Mm-hmm. Oh, where, where's, the, where's Zoe? Is she still up here? I don't know. I haven't seen her. Is she, she hiding? She, she might be hiding. Maybe she's, uh, oh, she's over there. Okay, yeah. That, so. She's doing Zoe things. Yeah, she's she, hiding, <laughs> kind of being a weirdie. She's, uh, oh, yeah. She's up on the couch there. She, she is. It's a, called a chair, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, hey, Brooks, Calamina. Calamina. You know what that is? No idea. So in in Greece, uh, it means happy month, good mm. month, happy month. Happy and so month. on the first of the month, um, they greet one another, Kalamina. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of cool. Uh, we were over in uh, Greece at the beginning of a month and heard that tradition, Kalamina, mm-hmm. Kalamina. Mm-hmm. So what a great way to start the month. So what hey, February's way. here, Kalamina. A Kalamina. And for all you non-homeowners, you got to pay rent today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's right. For all you homeowners, you got to pay a mortgage today. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's true. So, but yeah, we we got the pressure on. You know, we got a golden retriever licking my knee right now. So, we, uh, live studio audience. Exactly, just trying to get ready. You know, so it's like an anointing. And we have a we have another big uh, present here today. We have a big whiteboard for us to outline everything we're going to talk about. Yeah, right you know, just just trying to uh, make sure that we capture all the good stuff. Absolutely. So, which that's is what awesome. we're trying to bring it to the people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we wrapped up our first month of our Bible plan, Bible reading. One month down, eleven to go. That's is awesome. everyone on track out there? I hope so. And, and listen, give yourself grace if you're not. It's okay. Oh, you yeah. know? Just be in it the best you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we can start off where we went through Matthew 9, 10 through 20 is kind of where we uh, started and ended uh, this past week. Well, you know, and it's phenomenal stuff. And you know, one of the things I love, Brooks, is Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels, which basically they're, they're synonyms. If, if you send that, that, that you know, synoptic. They mm-hmm. tell very similar stories. John mm-hmm. is completely different in its structure of how it, it tells the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about this is where I want to start is, even as we're in Matthew, we hear stories like the healing of the paralyzed man. Uh, we're going to hear those uh, in other gospels, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to hear about um, the synagogue leader's daughter. And we're going to hear about the woman with the issue of blood uh, and there's more detail in each one of those. And so mm-hmm. if you put them together, like on my computer, my accordance program, I can put them all together, you know, just read them all side by side by side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every once in a while, they'll be in John as well. So you'll have all four Gospels. Mm-hmm. And it's like the telling with a little bit more detail. You know, if you and I go to a Magic game and we're four of us are in seats and then a reporter talks to us afterwards, you know, we might all have a little bit of different uh, part of the story to tell. Mm-hmm. And so... To me, it's a beautiful thing in God's inspired word is that it's going to give us detail. It starts off with this incredible story of the healing of the paralyzed man. Um, And it's kind of interesting. Typical Jesus, he sees these men carrying this paralyzed man. He sees their their faith. Mm -hmm. It's kind of ambiguous. Whose faith? In in the paralyzed man, their faith. And the first thing he does is forgive his sins. And it's interesting, Brooks, because he never even asked for that. You know, they're they're, they're, they're not bringing a paralyzed guy there to... (laughs) to find redemption. They want this dude to walk, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but uh, what I love about this is, and, and by the way, the Pharisees rightfully thought that he was blaspheming if he didn't have the power and authority to do it. Mm-hmm. Wrong if they don't realize who Jesus is. And I always love the reality that he heals their f- sins first because that, that was his greatest need. Mm-hmm. He is dead in his trespasses and sins, like all of us, but broken physically. Mm-hmm. And and how cool is like, hey, by the way, your sins are forgiven. Just so you know, I have the authority and power to do this. Hey, pick up your mat and go. Mm-hmm. So 
That, that, that's one of my favorite stories, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And that's something that you see as he forgives his sins first. And I'm jumping a little bit ahead. But afterwards, he tells these people that he heals a seed that no one knows about it, which is just kind of some interesting language. Uh, and obviously, they're going to tell everyone about it because they were crippled or sick. Or oh, yeah, had leprosy yeah, yeah exactly. They're not going to keep that yeah, yeah. Your life's been radically changed. Put, yeah, you put that under a lid. Will you? <laughs> and I think what he's trying to say, he didn't want to become a freak show, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but, you know. It already but, talked about the crowds that follow yeah, him. You know? He gonna, didn't want to become a circus show they're gonna follow him and then <laughs> even in our reading then you have this this great call of matthew the tax collector and i don't know if you're watching if you ever watch chosen the tv show Mm-mm. but they really do an interesting job portraying matthew he's one of the main characters they kind of show us a background again it's not biblical it's extra biblical stuff but it's very it's very interesting because a tax collector is somebody who is hated i mean it was a jewish person who's betraying his own people to pay rome mm-hmm. and he's he's making money by I'm going to take the taxes from you. By the way, I'm going to take more, so I get paid too. Mm-hmm. So they're like the pond scum of all pond scum. Oh, you know, yeah. they're they're. But you know, Jesus is going to call sinners. Mm-hmm. And what is what does Matthew do? He throws a party for his friends. And who are his friends? Well, they're sinners, notorious mm-hmm. sinners. And uh, even the response of the religious people, like, oh man, you know, look at this Jesus. What kind of rabbi? What kind of teacher? What kind of supposed savior? Uh, Messiah is going to go into a sinner's house like that. And Jesus's beautiful response is, hey, I didn't come to call the righteous. I called to come to call, you know, sinners to repentance. And Mm scripture is going to make sure that we all know there's no one who's righteous. Mm -hmm. But but those who think they're righteous, those who have no idea that they need a savior, they're going to miss it. I love that. And it was so literal how the Pharisees describe it. Like, oh, Jesus hanging out with tax collectors, like a very specific per pe- people, mm-hmm. and then just sinners, like a coverall of like, okay. <laughs> exactly. And you can kind of think about how we would describe those people, I guess, in our day. But rarely do we say like, oh, Jeffy hangs out with sinners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that, that's so true. And like, then, what's this guy's deal? Why is he hanging out with these people? Yeah, but thank God. That's what he came to seek and save, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the fact that Jesus has felt comfortable at a party with sinners. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that about him. And then there's this whole talk about when he, when, there's some about fasting. And Jesus kind of throws in this story of like, you don't pour uh, new wine into old wineskins, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, what in the world's that all about? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just one of those things that's kind of, you need new new wine needs new wineskins mm-hmm. and and basically he's going to say that listen this is to receive the gospel you got to be made new you got to be made to do a new wineskin mm-hmm. you know the new creation to handle this good news of the gospel which mm-hmm. is which is so cool so for us to get it we got to be made new mm-hmm. absolutely new wineskin brooksy boy and, and it's not just up to us either it's it, not just us making ourselves better it is it is so true and listen i know i know there's a lot there there's that synagogue leader's daughter who uh is going to be um uh healed uh or or maybe even raised back from the dead at the same time with a woman who who bled for such a long time and I, again i love i love hearing the parallel of those and just you know, all, all that they mean. So, and then, you know, it, it tells us, and the last thing I'll say about this passage, it just tells us what Jesus was doing. He was going through the, every town and villages. He starts in the synagogue. He starts, he's Jewish there. Um, and he's proclaiming the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. And he's basically fulfilling like Isaiah 61, one, you know, mm-hmm. the spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim the good news mm-hmm. to the captives and to the poor. And, you know, that's what he is doing. And, I love that every time he sees a crowd, Brooks, he has compassion. I mean, what a, I see a crowd and I get tired. (laughs) Or sometimes you just want to go hide, but that's just who he is. And I just love, love that reality. So, yeah. 
the, the Gospels are so rich with information. I mean, even looking at our whiteboard here, Matthew, even though uh, it's way less reading than any of the other uh, books that we read right now, we have way more notes for it. Yeah. And I was talking with my uh, future brother-in-law, Jackson, on Sunday about it, how you know the Old Testament is, I don't know exactly how, let's call it three times as big as the New Testament. Right. But in the Bible, you have, in like the study Bibles, you have all the notes at the end. It ends up being like the same length because there's so <laughs> many notes and so many yeah, commentary yeah, yeah. or so much commentary on the New Testament. Well, and I think it's kind of like when Jesus uh, said, hey, all the story was written about me in Luke 24 and, uh, you know, everything from Moses and the prophets. So I guess it's taking everything leading up to that, you know, the uh, there's 66 books. So there's 39 in the Old Testament. I mean, there's a lot of them. And mm-hmm. uh, but they all point to Jesus. So mm-hmm. I guess in the New Testament, we got to unpack it, what it meant. Oh, yeah. But before we leave Matthew, the one last thing I want to say, he sends out his disciples like sheep among wolves. And he says a phrase, he says, listen, I want you to be as innocent as doves and wise as serpents. Mm-hmm. And I think as Christians, it's so important for us to have both. Mm-hmm. Be innocent in a sense, you know, um, don't know all the ways of the world. I mean, don't be just, a, uh, you know, somebody who who understands that you're so worldly mm-hmm. that you've lost your innocence. Mm-hmm. But don't be so naive uh, mm-hmm. that you, you get, you're so gullible and yeah. that you're, you can't have any impact. And so... I love that. Be you know, be wise. How, how do we be as wise as serpent? It's at the same time innocent and stuff. What a great parallel! And it kind of reminds me of what you talked about on Sunday, a little precursor, but being winsome. I feel like that's kind of similar of being innocent, being wise, speaking the truth, and and kind of a wraps it up being winsome. I love it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So good. Hey, should we go to Acts? Yes, and so my Acts, my notes on my phone that I keep. Uh, the first two are. James killed Peter imprisoned. So yeah, it, yeah. it starts off hot with this week uh, in Acts. Exactly. And you know, it, and persecution is going to try to drive the church and grow the church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not only James killed Peter in prison, um, and this is, and another James is going to appear in, in uh, Acts 15. And this is going to be James, Jesus's brother. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's going to, Kind of gets confusing sometimes, like, okay, which James is this, mm-hmm. right? But There's James and John's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And James and John, they, they were the sons of thunder. I mean, uh, that was, they were together as brothers. But anyway, and it, from that, you know, like in chapter 13, we see the first missionary journey. We see Paul and Barnabas, who are going to take Mark. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an argument the next time around because Mark kind of flees them. But Mark's going to appear in the New Testament as a major figure. Mm-hmm. But they, 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 they go out and tell the good news. And the cool thing about this is, again, um, as Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, Paul says, I'm not afraid of the, ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And so the, where do they go first? They go to the synagogues. Mm-hmm. And when the synagogue re, re, uh, rejects them, where do they go? They go to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the poor Gentiles, they're an afterthought, you know? <laughs> they get the leftovers. Um, but the beautiful thing about that is, is that they realize that it's through Jesus Christ that the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to them as well. And to everyone who believes uh, will be saved. And uh, I, I love that reality. By the way, Brooks, you know, it talks about going to Antioch. This is Pisidian Antioch. It tells like, like Iconium, Derby, Lister, Katie and I and Caleb and Allie, we went through a lot of Paul's journeys. Mm-hmm. And so we were at the ruins there, you know, and it's just awesome to read these stories there. But what does Paul start by doing? He tells a redemptive history. I mean, it's very Jewish in the beginning, but he goes to the Gentiles. But the one of the things I love about this passage is that it includes the Gentiles 
And it says, 1348, all who were appointed to eternal life believed. Mm-hmm. Um, all who were appointed to eternal life believed. If that's not the sovereignty of God in salvation, mm-hmm. salvation is of the Lord from beginning to end. And here, hey, who are the ones who believed? Are they the ones who were smarter? Are they the ones who responded? No. Those whom God had chosen before time began, those who he knew, those who he gave ears to hear, those who were appointed to eternal life believed. It just makes me, again, love Reformed theology. And um, and again, there's some amazing things out of this, like Iconium, he goes there and he's almost stoned because mm-hmm. they stir up the crowd. Then he goes to Lystra, Lystra and he's they're worshipped. They're like, man, they heal somebody. I was going to say, they, they, they have all sorts of crowds. They're, they're playing yeah. in front of the home crowds, away crowds. Oh my they're, gosh. they're booing them. They're yeah. kicking them out of the city. And then at the other end, they're praising them like Zeus and Hermes. <laughs> exactly. And so, and I think they're kind of like the Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia Eagles, you know, going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Their fans, they throw <laughs> snowballs at, at, at Santa Claus, you know. Yep. And so... They, they can turn on you in a, in a New York minute. Can mm-hmm. they do that in Philadelphia? Oh, because yeah. they go from worshiping him to being convinced that he's bad to stoning him. Mm-hmm. And so he was threatened to be stoned in Iconium, but he is stoned in Lystra. And, they, and then if you read it just subtly, after that, they get up and he goes back in. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Don't you want to go <laughs> far from the place that just were... You know, their arms are still sore from chucking rocks at you. You know, mm-hmm. what, what in the world are you going back in there? Um, but all this missionary journey and all the people coming to the Lord led to chapter 15 in Acts, the first, what's called the Jerusalem Council, where they have to get together and say, hey, is this right? Do these Gentiles, uh, are, they, are they in? And don't you have to be circumcised mm-hmm. to be saved? It's Jesus plus circumcision. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. You got to be a Jew. You got to be okay. You want to come to, you want to go to heaven, embrace Jesus as Messiah and become a Jew and uh, become circumcised. And so Peter is talking there, the other James, James is Jesus' brother, but they're going to say, no, it's not Jesus plus anything. It's just Jesus. And uh, I just love that. Oh, yeah. And so one little passage from there. Uh, When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. So warning them up front that there's going to be many tribulations. It's not going to be easy. You're not always going to be praised like Zeus and Hermes. Exactly. And it's not that Joel Olstein message, hey, you got the best life now. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, listen, this is going to be hard. You're choosing the narrow path, you mm-hmm. know, that few find. You're you're chosen, you're cho- you're choosing to be persecuted. So yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Anything else with Acts there? I, I you know I don't think so. But again, I, I just want to just emphasize, you know, Acts 15 is just thunderously big. Mm-hmm. That it's just uh, salvation is of Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to the Old Testament. Yeah. Then we went into the Psalms. We I think we had like Psalm 21 through 23 that yep. we haven't picked up yet and. You know, Psalm 21 is really about God blessing the king and uh, God giving the king victory. And the cool thing is, is it's it's a foreshadowing of Jesus. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the the victory that the ultimate king, the king of kings, will receive the the, the son, um, the anointed one. So, you know, that's it's kind of interesting to read that because a lot of times you you know that in the day that it was written, it probably was specifically talking about David. You mm-hmm. know, or or the king of, of Israel at the time. But uh, 
the victory that God gives to the king is his son. In the Psalms you see, and I just happen to see this verse right here, but your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. There's so many verses like that of like talking about enemies because, you know, we, we have enemies now, but it's a little different then. They would come and uh, pummel cities and uh, <laughs> yeah. t- attack cities. So the way that they talked about people uh, or adversaries was, was very interesting in the Psalms. It's so true. And listen, we still live in a time where they pummel cities. Yes. You know, they pummel... <laughs> You know, tanks roll in yeah. in different countries, and mm-hmm. it's a little different. But the, the, then you go to Psalm 22, and it's one of those most beautiful, it's called Messianic Psalms, because you cannot read it and not see Jesus. I mean, it starts off with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those are exact words. Jesus is going to quote this mm-hmm. on the cross. That's going to mean so much to us as Christians, because Jesus was forsaken so that we could be accepted. And he was rejected so we can be embraced, right? And so, you know, and even in this Psalm 22, you have this picture of the cross the whole way through. It's it, It'll say, you know, my hands and my feet have they uh, pierced. And you think, well, hello. Mm-hmm. And then they cast lots for my clothes. Well, hello. And it's, it's uh, again, written so much, uh, so many years, hundreds of years before that event on the cross. And it's just awesome to see God's word come to fruition, even in something as horrifically tragic and wonderfully beautiful as the cross. Mm-hmm. And again, seeing the sovereignty there in verse nine, yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth and from my mother's womb, you have been my God. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Knew us from the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. There's a cool thing in verse, in chapter 22, it's twenty-two, twenty-two, 22. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, yeah, I know you got your word in there. So see Let, if let's I got see it. it. Let's see if you can do well, it. I'm going to read it. <laughs> okay, there you go. But you I will declare there. your name among the people. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Jesus, now l- l- listen, go to Hebrews 2.12 and Jesus quotes that. He says, I will declare your name among the people. Now, Brooks, get this. This is this is God's people crying out to God, saying, I'm going to declare your name among the people. I'm going to praise you among the people. And Jesus grabs that verse and says, um, and by the way, I'm going to declare your name before my father. I'm mm-hmm. going to declare your name among the people. You're going to be mine. It's in a it's in a section of Hebrews where it says that Jesus didn't despise us, mm-hmm. although he became like us. He sympathizes with us. He declares our name. I mean... It's just, again, you never would see how beautiful that was of not only how it's fulfilled in Jesus, but how, man, he sings over us, that mm-hmm. he loves us. He really, really does. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It is. It is really cool. And then we have the, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, I, I love, it. I shall not want, I will lack nothing. Do we really believe that with our God? And we have nothing to fear, but... That's so famous. I, I I don't know much more else. I it's want to it's say. one of those. I mean, I have it right here. I highlighted it all, and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a short little psalm, but uh, it's a feel good psalm. It's a, it really <laughs> is. And walking through the valley of the shadow of death, it's mm-hmm. a good one to have for uh, sure. Absolutely. All absolutely. right, we wrapped up Genesis too, didn't we? Wrapped up Genesis, our first book that we're done with. Wow, that's true. <laughs> uh, and that's a that's a big one. I mean, it starts with creation and it ends with you know God's people uh, in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of and wrapping up the Joseph story. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think we started, I think we picked up this week was uh, chapter 46, where Mm -hmm. Jacob is setting out for Egypt. And I love as he's right before he leaves, I think it's around Beersheba, right before he leaves, uh, he's heading south to go down to Egypt. 
God makes a promise. He's like, hey, listen, I'm going to bring your people back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going down as 70, 72 or something like that. But you're coming back. You're coming back as a multitude. And mm-hmm. God's continuous promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. I'm going to give you a land of promise. Uh, I'm going to give you a seed uh, of promise. Um, it's just, it's great that, you know, can you imagine God is right when you're setting out and your life's going to change? He'll never see physically the promised land that we know of again. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to go to Egypt, but God's going to whisper in his ear, hey man, I got you. Mm-hmm. My promises are true. Love and it, that. And it talks about at the end of Jacob's life too, he blesses his 12 sons and they become the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. And that was a, an interesting read of how some of it didn't sound like blessings. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of them like, you know, his first son defiled his, his, his tents and mm-hmm. it was not... Yeah, you know, those blessings, that's a good call. I mean, some of them are like, well, wait a minute. And, you know, it's interesting. Speaking of blessings, in chapter 47, when he meets Pharaoh, you know, Jacob blesses Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you look at that, you think, well, shouldn't Pharaoh be the greater one? And shouldn't the blessings come from him? But really, no, Jacob's the greater one. Jacob's the one in covenant with God. Jacob's the one who's got been promised by God and he's Mm -hmm. giving blessings. And speaking of those blessings, when it comes to Joseph's sons, you know, Jacob crosses his hands. Mm -hmm. He he blesses the younger one. It just seems to be throughout the Bible, man. It's like, oh my goodness. Jacob is kind of blessing whoever he wants. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, he, he stole it from Esau and now he's doing the, uh, his, his life begins and ends with the younger one being blessed. But, um, and then when it comes to, as you mentioned, Brooks, the, uh, the tribes being, or the sons being blessed. He also, it's really cool, he sets apart Judah. The scepter will never leave your hand. It's mm-hmm. given to you, the the, the king, mm-hmm. the role of king. You know, and so here, here's the whisper of Jesus. I mean, it's going to come through this tribe and uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. And at the very end, uh, the, the come all rec- reconciliation of Joseph's brothers, he gets in front of them, forgives them all for, you know, throwing them into a pit, selling them to Egypt. And he says that they meant what they did for evil, but God meant it for good. Through this, he was things. able to save, you know, all of the country because of the famine and was able to store up food and, and know that it was coming and interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And I think that that's so important for us to see is that, you know, that, that, man's evil it will be paid for i mean it, it is you know that they did mean it for evil they'll be judged because of it but god's grace his over you know this overpowering hand of providence that he could work all things together for for our good and his glory he mm-hmm. can do it even the things that are meant for evil against us or mm-hmm. or just the things that we bring on ourselves and so i love the peace that we get leaving the book of genesis is to say God is greater. His mm-hmm. grace is greater than our sin. And uh, man, was there tragic sin that the brothers had against his, against Joseph. But mm-hmm. look what God did. And think of the tragic sin that we had against the greater Joseph, Jesus. He's crucified. Mm-hmm. And yet through that sin of ours, and we may read the book of Acts, sinful men, you did this. I mean, mm-hmm. you you did this. But look what God, victory that God brought from this. It's It's really... Really cool. It's, so a, it's, a, it's a good way to end uh, Genesis there and knowing that going forward throughout the Old Testament because there's a whole lot more evil that's oh about to happen. Oh my goodness, absolutely. <laughs> it's a, it's going to come right in Exodus. It's mm-hmm. coming, and, coming around and, the corner. It all unfolds God's story. Yeah, absolutely, which is so beautiful. <laughs> any any other closing thoughts for this week? I don't think so. So keep at it, everybody, which is fantastic. And uh, you know, I know that it's, it's, it's uh, February, so we're going to 
uh, breakout uh, this month and keep journeying with us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we can get to what you meant to say. Um, I, I, I preached on Sunday. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. I'm sorry to transition you so No, fast. no, it's awesome. <laughs> we really, we, last, it was the last sermon of First Things First. And just kind of a, the biggest overarching thing with me was erasing the distinctions between the, the work you and the church you or the, the, the the different lives of you and mm-hmm. uh, that our ultimate purpose is for God's glory. God created us for that. Jesus redeemed us for that. The Holy Spirit fills us for that. And then I just try to say, well, you know, living for his glory is really uh, um, for the glory of our great God and for the good of our neighbor. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, how, how do how do we live that out? And so, um, and it's just to say, hey, is there? Let's let's forget the distinctions. You got one job. You got one purpose. Live for God's glory, and mm-hmm. what a joy is that is for us to be able to try to do. Yeah, instead of Christianity, you're going to church being another hat that you wear. It should be the hat you wear, and then and your body the does all things. Exactly, it, it exactly. goes to work. It's a family man. It, it's an athlete or whatever you are. Yeah, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. do for the glory. Whether you eat or drink, mm-hmm. I mean, in the mundane things and the bigger things, bring. God into that and, and, and really at the point of that, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that wrapped up that uh, sermon series? It did. And this week, I'm excited. Charlie's going to uh, be filling the pulpit. I think he's going to be in the book of Job um, and talk a little bit about, you know, the problem of evil this week. And then I can't wait. Uh, I've outlined the book of Colossians. So our next, our next big deep dive is going to be into the book of Colossians. We're going to start on the what, what is what is the second Sunday, the twelfth of February, and it's going to take us all the way to June. And mm-hmm. the, the name of it is called the Gospel Truth. Um, the Gospel Truth is what I felt God led me to give the title to, and it's going to be unpacking this l- amazing letter, a small little letter to the church in Colossae that Paul wrote, um, inspired by the Spirit. But it's going to talk about like the supremacy of Christ and really the beauty of the gospel. How mm-hmm. is it supposed to bear fruit in our life? So mm-hmm. that's coming. Now, I do want to go back to what you meant to say uh, right. for just a second, but that was yeah. a good transition, honestly. At the end, you kind of ended it of where we have to raise the evangelistic temperature of yeah. King's Chapel and be a church that brings people to Christ. Um, and if you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, it's just, it's just interesting oh. because, you know, if, if I, I long to see people come to know Jesus. And mm-hmm. this whole reason that we live for the glory of God, the whole reason is and for the good of our neighbor is that we see people come to know Christ. And, you know, we live in a time where, where that we're not seeing all that all across the board very much, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of church growth comes from church transfer. Like, ah, I didn't like their music. Ah, oh, I want to go hear this guy. Oh, that's where my friends go. Oh, they, that's where the crowd is. But, you know, incredible growth would be if people see our lives God uses us to, to proclaim the gospel that we see people come to know Jesus. And wouldn't that be amazing if mm-hmm. King's Chapel starts to grow more and more for people who, for the first time, say, oh, yeah, Jesus is my Lord. And we see baptisms. And man, I long for that. That'd mm-hmm. be really cool. In our KC group last night, we talked about that. Some of the questions revolved around how you tell people the truth in love and not like, hammer them uh, on the head and tell them sure. they're terrible or you know they what they believe is wrong you know you gotta you gotta talk to people truthfully but with love as well you know and uh if, if it truth without love it's just it's almost too hard it's too you know it's it's just painful to hear and mm-hmm. and love without truth is just sappy nothing mm-hmm. you know so it's, it's such a we talked important about that, like the, the two ends of the spectrum are people pleasing and then like people pummeling I think yeah yeah yeah, the yeah. Terms that, yeah exactly 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that phrase came up with Charlie. He did a great job with that. Um, people pleasing or people plummeting. And you, what, you don't want to just bulldoze pummeling. people. Yeah, so true. <laughs> Which one do you have a propensity for? Well, that's what we were trying to decide last night. Uh, definitely not a pummeler, um, but I, I, I don't feel the need. The on, It's kind of like in, in the middle. I would probably lean towards the people pleasing. Yeah. You know what? I, I can see that in you, and I, I don't see that in a negative. I think you're just so resourceful, and you, you're such a good, you know, you you do what you say you're going to do really, mm-hmm. really well. For me, it's people-pleasing. You know, mm-hmm. it just is, uh, hey, speak truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, it, even in little things, this isn't just like, you know, hey, that's wrong. But, you know, we got to speak truth, but we got to do it in love. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, Brooksy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any updates as we close out? Well, you know, um, we, uh, we were scheduled to have all the King's men this Sunday, but we're going to have a memorial service this Sunday. And we just realized it's so crowded. So instead of having all the King's men this Sunday, the, the 5th, um, we're going to move it to the 12th and make it a little bit bigger. We're going to call it uh, our Super Bowl party. And there you so, go. And so um, we'll have a Super Bowl party here. If it was a Buffalo Bills plan, I probably wouldn't do it because I wouldn't <laughs> want all these people, you know, I would want to focus on the game. But since it's uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, but I, I can't wait. We'll, we'll have a lot of food and fun. And we're going to open it up to spouses uh, and also fiancés and uh <laughs> And, uh, and significant others that uh, want to come. I remember last year we had a men's uh, All the Kings uh, men um, Super Bowl, and I got boom roasted for it. Like, you know, hey, I want to come watch the Super Bowl. So, you know, if you want to come, you can come. All um, the Kings men and all the Kings women. Yeah, exactly. Super Bowl. Party. All the Kings folks, you know, all Kings Chapel. So that'll be here. Uh, we have communion this Sunday, which will be great. Um, I told you about a new sermon series. Charlie is going to start on the 12th, uh, a new KC uh, in the AM, which will be fantastic. And uh, yeah, a lot of things. So A lot of stuff in. going on. Jump in. Yeah. Especially a KC group, too, if you haven't been in one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's all I've got. All right, Brooksy. Another great day. KC Cornerland. See you guys Sunday. All right.